This episode of the Ball and Beats podcast is dedicated to DeMar Hamlin, cornerback of the Buffalo Bills. His Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive will be in the description of this episode. You're listening to the Ball and Beats podcast. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the ball and beats podcast how are we doing today gentlemen i'm not doing too bad i'm doing good doing good not as tired as Spencer. it's Uh, a day yeah it is a day hey it's an early day that's okay though man this past you were my alarm clock (laughs) hey you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) um man the, the last few days in the sports world has been extremely captivating um, you know, this episode was going to mainly be about recapping the college football playoff games and maybe talk some NFL games, but we have to start with DeMar Hamlin from the Buffalo Bills collapsing, going into cardiac arrest during the Monday night game against the Bengals in Cincinnati. And it's something you, we've never really seen, uh, at the NFL stage. Um, no, it's something that we've never really seen. And the fact that we've never seen a player have to receive CPR in the middle of the field, and we've never had to suspend a game and probably cancel a game because of an injury. And that's what happened with this Monday night game. And, you know, what happened with DeMar Hamlin? He, T. Higgins was running a route, and he, DeMar Hamlin went in for the tackle, and he hit him right in his chest, and he stood... He went to the ground, stood back up, and then he basically fainted. Um, he went into cardiac arrest because of the hit from T. Higgins, and he didn't get back up at all after that. And they had a medical staff that gave him CPR. Um, it was a scary sight, and it was something that no no football fan, no sports fan has really ever seen to where, you know, he was receiving CPR. He was about to die on the football field, and that's something we have never seen. You know, a lot of players, they talk about they give their life for this game, you know. I heard Ryan Clark and uh, Marcus Spears said it best on ESPN. I mean, you know, there's players that literally go out there and say that they give their life, put their life on the line for this game, and they literally are, as players, putting their life on the line every play. Um, And it's crazy. We never really think about it because, to us, we're just watching, and we've never really seen anything like that. Exactly. We've never seen anything like this, really. I mean, we've seen instances in the past, in the 90s, and back in the 70s, a player died on the field, but there's only one player to ever do that, and that was a Detroit Lion. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but if I'm correct, that wasn't exactly from a heart attack, I don't ex- I don't believe, but or cardiac arrest. But this situation, it went, you could just tell. It was different by how Buffalo, how Stephon Diggs, how Josh Allen, how Tredavious White, how all those players were just acting. I mean, you saw a complete, like, you saw tears running down their face. You saw people consoling people. Like, this was this was different. I mean, you see players act, you know, when you see your guy down and injured. But just the way and how they acted, you could just tell something else was different. 
And I remember watching yeah. it on the replay before they really realized, at least Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, once once they realized that, that, that it was CPR, before they said it, once I saw that replay, uh, I was thinking, I don't think that's a head injury. <laughs> at first, Like before I went to commercial, I'm like, I don't know if that's head injury. Because I remember back in the 90s in college basketball, there was a guy by the name of Hank Gathers who played for Loyola Marymount in the same conference as Gonzaga. He was going to be a first-round pick that year. Uh, he suffered from a regular heartbeat. He uh, collapsed previously before this one instant I'm talking about. But he was medicated and stuff. But in one game against Portland, he collapsed to the ground. He just fell straight to the ground after a dunk. After a dunk, he ran about midcourt and collapsed at midcourt. Uh, but then he went probably fully unconscious probably 15, 20 seconds later. But uh, just the fall was similar. And I, I, and that kind of hit my mind. I'm like, I don't know if this is a head injury because they were first thinking a head injury. And, yeah, it's I just pray for him to fully recover. It seems, it appears anyway that he is going to do that at this time. Uh, don't want to get ahead, but it does seem like he will recover. And everything I've heard of him off the field sounds like he's an amazing person off the field. Do you think, I want to ask you guys a question, do you think he'll play again? No. I think he will. I, think I don't, will. at least not for the next foreseeable future. If he plays again, it's going to be, like, not next season, but the season after that. Yeah, like 2024, um, 2025. It's, it's, yeah, like, this is such a a monumental thing to overcome, and especially to come back to the football field after you basically almost died because of football. I don't know if Bill, you know, he's a great player. He's a great safety. He's a second-year player out of Pittsburgh. Um great player for the Bills and I just I just don't know if the Bills would want him back on the football field seeing as what happened but here you know I I could see that they would want to because I know he I know he's going to want to play football once he comes back to a stable condition and he gets back to 100% but man it's kind of like the Tua situation except the doctors in Miami you know, basically told him he was fine after he had suffered a head injury. Um, but this is much more serious. This is going to take a lot more time, and this is going to take a lot more praying and, you know, players hoping for the best. And it's great to see that his foundation has gained over $6 million. It is now that's actually good. over that's, seven. That, that's, that's fantastic that people are donating to that. Like this Logan said, we'll have – um, that link in the description below if you'd like to donate. Um, but for Damar Hamlin, I mean, this is this is a life changing event. This is something that's gonna, you know, that never happens. We have rarely ever seen this in the football field, and we've never seen anybody have to receive CPR. And now we're gonna see if maybe he can come back to the football field. I just don't see it for at least the next season, the rest of the season and next season. Maybe the season after that, but after an experience like this, I mean, I don't know if you'd want, if doctors or your family would want you going back on the football field to risk your life again. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I, I just think there's something that he might want to personally do and just try and prove people wrong that he can go back out there. Um. You know, I am intrigued to see, did he have any previous 
medical concerns that no one knew about mm-hmm. or if this was just a freak accident like it was that one condition where you can take a blow to the chest and if it just times it right uh right with your heartbeat that could happen i don't know many people believe that's what happened speci- with the hit on uh T Higgins but um it's just it's such a sad situation. It's a situation like we said we you don't see on a football field. You think about it, you never see it, but we finally saw it. And I got to give credit in the world, all the credit in the world to the people who were there and helping him. The doctors there, whoever whoever's taking care of him just hats off to them. I mean, you have to act yeah, with that situation. Yeah, especially the first responders. Specifically, when it comes to cardiac arrest, you got to act quick, like real quick. And they were on him like like a snap. Um, they had to know that. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he as soon as he went down, they were already rushing the field. Yeah, yep. they they had to know what was really happening to him, pretty pretty quick. And uh, I got to give them credit for you know saving his life, really. Um, but also you know the whole. The whole world, not even people who even like sports, you know, almost the whole world are just praying for this guy and feel for him. I mean, you can feel it. You know, it really it stopped the sports world. It did. You know, I mean, yeah, you had the same night as well. It's slept on because of everything else that happened. You had Donovan Mitchell's 71-point game in Cleveland, but yeah. it literally froze – the sports world and what anyone was talking about because all you care about, I mean, you're talking about p- potential loss of life that ha- could have happened on the football field. And on prime time Monday night football as well, which is usually the most watched football game of the week. And it was the one of the more highly anticipated matchups of the whole year as well. And not to go off of DeMar Hamlin from a personal level, but what to the business side do they actually ever make up this game or is it going to be a no contest and what will they do with the playoffs i saw a thing and it and it actually mentioned that if it's a no contest the seeding for the for the top seed will be based on win percentage it's interesting so which i believe that would give it to wouldn't that give it to the Bills? I'm not or the Chiefs. I think it would be Chiefs I think it would give it to Kansas City. The Chiefs are thirteen and three. The Bills are twelve and three. Say if so say so if Kansas City say if Kansas City loses this weekend somehow and Buffalo ends up winning their next game, I think Buffalo would probably be higher seeded. Because no, yeah, they're made. I don't think. I don't. I, I don't think uh, there's time. That's the main thing. I don't think you have a spot to where you make it up. It's not like it's in the middle of the season. You know, this you is know, the I've last seen, week. I've seen a lot of things where you could push back a week. Forget about a bye week for the Super Bowl. Excuse I me. I don't think they want to forget the bye week for the Super Bowl, though. Say first week of the playoffs, right? You have yeah. Buffalo versus Cincinnati makeup. And then the NFC playoffs, but the AFC playoffs get a bye week. Following week, AFC playoffs with Buffalo and Cincinnati in it in the NFC bye week. 
and then you go from there. If, if to me, that's how that would happen if they want to make up the game. It would have to be. That means the Super Bowl would have to be at the end of February, not the beginning. It's already February twelfth, if I'm not mistaken. They would push it back to the nineteenth. They can't change the day of the Super Bowl. I I agree personally that it can't do that. Um, I just I don't know if they do genuinely want to make up this game. The only way, the only way this game's made up is if Buffalo wants to do it. That's the only way. If yeah, Buffalo we, wants to play that game. Um, I saw a statement from the Bengals, and they said whatever the Bills do. They'll just they'll do what the Bills do. So yeah, if they play it, the Bengals will play it too. And I know there's a lot of discussion. I was watching a little bit of first take here this morning. Adam Schefter was on there, and he was talking about the possibility of, say, Buffalo, Cincinnati, or certain certain matchups that could happen in the playoffs. Say it comes down to the AFC Championship game, you could be talking about neutral sites, or say teams like Jacksonville or Baltimore make a playoff run and. They're playing a Buffalo or Cincinnati. The other team would probably host, or you know, other things. It was he was just brainstorming other ideas, and he was saying that something is going to happen that'll be different in this playoffs. So there will oh, be yeah. there will be some kind of change made for the AFC side anyway to try and make it as fair as possible for Buffalo and Cincinnati because they will more than, realistically they're not playing this game in my opinion. They will be a game down, which in turn, yeah. at the same time, could also be a beneficiary thing to them because they, uh, I, it, it's bad to say, but they could get an extra week of rest. Not really. They didn't get an extra week of rest, I guess. Never mind. There's someone out there and played. I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals were up 7-3 to three when this incident happened. That is, Yeah, it was, it was early in the game. It was in the first quarter. Yeah. And then, I guess, it's not really an extra week of rest. It's more a week of craziness and not knowing what to do. So, yeah. But, um, I think the great thing to come out, out of all of this is that the referees, I, I, you know, the NFL wanted to play this game and the NFL and the referees wanted to play this game. Oh, it yeah. took Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor meeting at midfield, basically saying, screw the referees. We're not playing this game. Are your guys ready? No. Are your guys ready? No. Okay. Then we can't play this game. Yeah, it took coaches meeting at midfield to basically postpone this game because they were going to play this game because the NFL didn't want to lose the money, which is ridiculous. Because how are you, how you know Josh Allen was in tears. You know these Bills players were emotional. The Bengals players were emotional after what happened. Like how how are you going to play this game? And you know it's crazy finally though. do it. It's crazy because. We've had similar instances in other sports, uh, in soccer back in the Euros in 2020, 2021 time frame. Christian Eriksen from Denmark, who is a world-renowned player, he's known. He uh, has played, I think he's at Man United now, but he played at other places as well. He collapsed, and he got a cardiac arrest on the field during the Euros. They took him to the hospital, and 34 minutes later, once he became stabilized... They played on. You had a player in Florida at, at the Gators in college basketball collapse, cardiac arrest, played on. There's a lot of instances of games with this type of thing, regardless if it's like, you know, earlier in the year in college football, you had Mike Hart suffer a seizure on the sideline, played on. Um, 
you know, and Michigan players were very emotional about that as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard when you see something that's not necessarily caused. I mean, I guess you could argue that uh, DeMar Hamlin's injury was caused from a football hit possibly. But it's yeah. hard to see when it's not real, like a like not normal football injury or like real life type stuff like a seizure or cardiac arrest. And it's just... It, it it does happen in other sports a lot, honestly. It it happens at least twice a year that I hear of anyway, from anywhere from like the college level to the professional level of some kind, even minor leagues, you hear about it. Um so <laughs> it's not necess I mean, it is uncommon, but it's not necessarily new. It's not that this is it it, it just so happened to happen on the biggest stage against two of the best teams in the NFL, which would have been probably one of the most viewed games of the year, anticipated to be maybe the ma- game of the year. I was so excited yep. to watch this game. And this was one of my games I was looking forward to the most all year. And, uh, you know, it just... It's sad. It's a, it's a bit of a reality check for people as well, yep. you know. So... Anything else to add to this with Demar Hamlin? No, I I think we've covered everything, and let's just hope for the best and hope that yeah. you know the first speedy recovery. Prayers up. Yeah, prayers up. Link will be in the description of this episode. Please donate to his charity. It's a toy drive. It's gained over seven million dollars in donations already. Uh. Pray for Demar Hamlin, his family, his friends, anyone in his life, and hopefully he can come back to full strength. Hopefully, he can do what he loves again, and if not, he can be a message and spread his message to other people as well. So, prayers up for Demar Hamlin. Hopefully, you do yeah. get a speedy recovery. And Fallen Beats Podcast is praying for you. Now. Moving off of that very, very tough subject that we had to talk about, definitely. On to a recap of college football playoff games. Oh, God. First I don't had, want to talk about it. First, you had TCU Michigan. Later on, you had Georgia Ohio State. Can we? I'm going to just say this. We joked around and said, yeah, watch. Neither of our teams is going to make it. It's going to be TCU versus Georgia. And look what happened. <laughs> we really could have had an Ohio State-Michigan the game part two. Would have been probably the most viewed national championship game that would have ever happened. It Instead, wasn't for throwing two pick sixes and Ruggles. And if it know, wasn't for Georgia, no, if it wasn't for Georgia knocking out Marvin Harrison Jr. on purpose. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to say that they did that. But... um. I I got I will say I will say this oh. was the best semifinal ever. They were very exciting games. Um, All four man, teams deserved to be was, there. I I think that was probably the most heartbreaking or heartbreaking loss I've experienced as an Ohio State fan. And I wasn't even mad about it. I'm not even mad. Don't worry, I was, I was mad about my Michigan. Because, I was mad see, about my... See, see here's it's why. It's not the fact that I was mad. It's the fact that I was disappointed. Because, like, Ohio yeah. every opportunity to win that game. The same with Michigan. You see, Michigan should have won. 
I mean, if McCarthy doesn't throw two pick sixes and fumble. Yeah, the fumble at the, you know, you know half-yard line. I got to say, a lot of Michigan fans are upset about certain play calls, like the one before they that be fumble. They should upset about themselves. You had, a, you had a foot and a half to get into the end zone. You can't fumble. You can't fumble on that. Yeah, and what was that Philly special, like, in the first quarter? What kind of play was that? Running up the middle with Donovan Edwards. You have arguably one of the best backs in the league. And, and the and best offensive line. Me. The best offensive line. As yeah. well. Oh, oh. You want to know what was my favorite play call from the game? When we decided, you know, we're first and goal from the 10-yard line. Let's kick a field goal. Who does that? That's okay. That's okay, bud. Because all <laughs> TCU, make... all you guys had to do on defense was just blitz Max Dugan, make him run back about 15 yards and chuck a ball to the line of scrimmage, and it was a touchdown guaranteed. So, um, nah, but honestly, what is... Max Dugan – and TCU and Sonny Dykes deserve all the credit in the world. This is a this See is that. a team out of a conference who appears to be falling apart. A team who was expected to possibly finish last in their the conference this year. The college football playoff win. The first Big 12 team. Yeah, that's funny because the Big 12 has four losses before. All four losses were Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. Um, yep. So, just goes to show. You know, Sonny Dykes in one year as a head coach has more playoff wins than Lincoln Riley. But that's a testament to him. It's a testament to Max Dugan. It's a testament to all those guys on that team. This was a team. They're a gritty team. They are a gritty team, and they might not have the players like Ohio State and Michigan and Georgia. Like the talent gap, you know, they might not have the guys. They have grit, and they play hard for Max Dugan and Sonny Dykes. You know what I mean, this team went 5-7 and seven last year. Yeah. 5-7. and seven. They didn't make a bowl game. They are in the national championship game just one year later with a new head coach. Sonny Dykes is, is saying that to turn this program around is an understatement. I mean, he did. And it's he crazy. Th- think about program. this. Think about this, though, as well. Gary Patterson pretty much made that program. As a whole, I mean, TCU, granted, they're never one of those teams that you really look at and are like, oh, they're national championship contenders. They should have been the one year when we didn't, when we got in and ended up winning it. You could argue yeah. that year could have, should have been more than four teams that year because TCU and Baylor were both undefeated. They both deserved a shot, in my opinion, and Ohio State went in and did what they had to do. But I think, you know, from a Michigan standpoint, I think Michigan just expected to beat TCU. And they got cute on offense, specifically. And I that's what hurt them. I, I genuinely think Jim Harbaugh went in there and expected to beat TCU. He thought it was going to be a rollover. All Michigan, fans, all, not, Michigan fans everywhere were telling me, oh, TCU's nothing. Michigan, 50-10. to 10. You know, Michigan's going to blow them out. The, the one problem with Michigan is, they are so one-dimensional that if you take away the run, they're you're, they're not going to hurt you unless you're Ohio State secondary. And in the same breath, second coming of Tom Brady. In the same breath with the you Ohio know. State Georgia game, I think that's partially why I'm not mad because we were expected to get destroyed. People thought no. Georgia was going to roll us over, specifically how we played Michigan that last game, and C.J. Stroud in a loss proved all the doubters wrong. He had he improved his draft draft stock up for sure. He had, yes, he did. He had the second best game a quarterback's ever had 
at Ohio State, just behind Justin Fields' Clemson game. C.J. Stroud did things you didn't see from him really his whole career, or at least he's that he's run. made plays he's made plays on the run out of the pocket before. There's some people just turned a blind eye to it. But when he had Jalen Carter running full speed at him in his face and evaded him like it was nothing and then rolled out and got that dime to Marvin Harrison Jr., that's when I knew I'm like, yeah, this kid wants it. He wanted it bad. And C.J. deserved a win. He really deserved to win that game. He was the best quarterback. He was the best player on that field on that night. He was. Oh, yeah. He was the best player in the field. That's no doubt. Stetson Bennett had a good game, but, you know, C.J. Stroud, it doesn't even compare. There's no interception. Yeah. He rolled out of the pocket. He did not, you know, fall under pressure, something that we've saw new from C.J. Stroud, to where he made those throws when he needed to under pressure. And, man, that run with, with 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter was phenomenal. And I legitimately thought, oh, she was going to win that game after that run. Oh, I did too. But, uh, that the play calling at the very, at the end of the game was it was not good. Uh, it, it was not good. Um, after that run, halfback toss, a slant into coverage, and just an incomplete pass. That was those those were bad play calls, but they have here nor there. They should have been the more aggressive. The, game, the story the story of the game is going to be the kick, but it should be about Marvin Harrison. Harrison leaving the game was big for Ohio State. If Marvin Harrison stays in that game, they win. Absolutely. They win. Because he Marvin, I agree. Marvin Harrison opens up, you know, Amika Booker, Julian Fleming. Heck, it opened up be, Xavier Johnson to come out the come out the backfield on that on that yeah, one touchdown he, pass. He's so he's going to be open for something. And Marvin Harrison leaving the game, you can say it's targeting, you can say it's not. I personally was fifty fifty on it. I saw that he after you're done, that. I have something to say about the targeting rule, but go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. His, hel- his, his helmet hit the shoulder pad of Marvin Harrison, but I do think that it needs to be an, you know, a roughness call. This whole thing where they throw a flag about untargeting then take it back is so stupid. I hate the rule. Either call or you don't. And, you know, people are going to talk about the Marvin Harrison stuff, but the thing that they're going to talk about the most is no Ruggles kicking it to Mars. Um, yeah, that the, it really wasn't Ruggles' fault. It was more of the fact that, you know, looking back at the kick, his his formation and the way he kicked the ball, he kicked the ball close to his driving foot, which means he shanked it. You know, he wants to get wide with his driving foot and then with his kicking foot, hit it wide. Yes. But he got really close to the ball with his other foot, which is his driving foot, his planting foot. And that basically screwed him over from the get-go. Yes, because um, it, it made him it made him have to hook bad it. Luck. Yeah, it was basically just bad luck. He got too close to the ball when he kicked it, and he shanked it. Ruggles has been automatic for the past two years for Ohio State. He's been arguably one of the best kickers in college football, and there's no one else I'd wanted to be there. But you think about it, if Ryan Day gets a few extra yards, if he gets a 10-yard completion, he makes it a 40-yarder instead of a 50-yarder, this outcome could have changed, and the mindset for Ruggles could have changed. I mean, he had all the pressure in the world on him to make this 50-yarder, and yeah, he folded, but this Ohio State team played hard, and this Ohio State team played very, very tough. That was one of the that was one of the best offensive performances I've seen from an Ohio State team in a while. 
defensive side of the ball, um, they really need to look at Jim Knowles. This is getting ridiculous. Because in big games, Jim Knowles is not – he's not – you know, worth the $2 million that we paid him. I don't know if they you necessarily know, always, need to look at Jim Knowles or if they need to look at the actual personnel that they have on the field. Well, it's a little bit of both, schematic-wise, because the the problem is when you're playing, you know, man cover against these, you know, wide receivers, it's going to open up the tight end in the, in the flat, and Brock Bowers is going to get a first down on a fourth and six. But that's here or there. The problem is, is that yes, there is some personnel changes, and yes, the players, you know, Burke and Cam Brown have been not good this season, not good. But Jim Knowles does need to look. You know, they they need to have a serious discussion in the offseason. No, I don't think he should get fired, but it might be a need a schematic change, you know, personnel change, something. This is the defensive side of the ball. Ryan Days came out and said that he's going to um, not be doing offensive play calls next season. Um, that's either going to be that's going to go to either someone that's hired in or Brian Hartline most likely. Um, I think Hartline Justin deserves... Justin Fry is a possibility as well. Our offensive line coach, I've heard. I just feel like you have to give it to Brian Hartline because of what he's done and what what he's going to do for Ohio State. He is a potential, you know, head coach in the future if Brian Day does not work out. I will say though, Brian Day coached a good game. He 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 should he coach like that. Better. He should coach like that all the time. Playing aggressive, you know, OSU putting up 41 points in a big game against this Georgia defense was very big. And they should have won. But you can say the same for Michigan. And it's another year that the Big Ten does not make it. You know, they don't have another, they don't have a team winning the college football playoff. You're going to have a Big 12 team or another SEC team. And God, I hope it's the it, Big 12 team. <laughs> I'm kind of. I will say I am worried though with all the rumors about Harbaugh leaving. This time around, it seems pretty real. It's, it's the yeah, same I know. That's the story every single year. It, it's that, there that, has been one literally that, since like his second Harbaugh. year. I don't. Yeah, but this one seems real to me. I don't think he leaves. He just he's building Michigan to be to become a. a championship yes. team they yes. already are but why would you leave when donovan edwards is coming back jj mccarthy's coming back well, your entire defense for the most part especially your secondary with will johnson is coming back i can see it if like you know like if you got like ohio state where cj stroud's leaving your quarterback is leaving maybe but the problem is is that his quarterback is running back basically michigan's entire team is coming back for the most part except a few key players and Mike Morris and Blake Forum. But that's it. Like I don't think Harbaugh leaves this year, but I I think if Michigan doesn't get it done next year, I think Harbaugh will leave then because then McCarthy's leaving, then Donovan Edwards is leaving, then your entire team's leaving for the draft. I I just don't see a, a, a reason or a scenario where he leaves this year because I mean, Michigan's going to be good next year. They're going to be another top 10, top 5 team along with Ohio State. Yeah. I don't see why he would want to leave that and destroy that. You know, I personally, I, I think he might be, I think this year might be the year because 
you know, what if what if he thinks he's done all he can at Michigan? Look at last year. Look at Lincoln Riley. Look at Brian Kelly. They left their situation because they felt they couldn't win a national championship where they were and that they got to their peak. What if what if Harbaugh feels the same way and he and he knows that he has unfinished business in the NFL when he was in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick as his quarterback the vast majority of the time he went 44-19 and 1 went to the NFC Championship game 3 times went to the Super Bowl one time lost to his brother you know he's got unfinished yeah. business in the National Football League and what if he thinks he's peaked at Michigan what if he thinks that making a college football playoff is the peak not saying that Michigan isn't capable of winning a national championship, but what if it is under Harbaugh? What if it can't under Har- under Harbaugh? And Harbaugh, right. think about think about realistically where Michigan actually was as a program when he came back. Think about it. Think about how they that were program in shambles. Was. They, they were in they, stuck. they, they were, were bad. Genuine shambles, literally in the pit of misery. And they he came terrible. back. He came back. And he's now made them better in Ohio State. He has yeah, made them the, the Big Ten. The Big Ten runs through Ann Arbor right now. Michigan is the class of the Big Ten, and I just I don't think he would want to leave that because why destroy everything you've built up? You don't like, think he I wants to leave it, but he tried to last year after finally beating Ohio State. See, that's the thing. He is personally like last year. There was no real interest from the NFL, but there was interest from Harbaugh's side to the NFL. This year, it seems it's genuine interest from both sides. wants to leave Michigan if the offer is there. I mean, if the Denver Broncos go out and pay him $20 million a year, he's going to take it. See, that's the rumor. I'm not not worried about him going to the Broncos. I think if anything, it would be the the Panthers, considering he just got – yesterday he had a meeting with their owner. But to be, see, here's the. It might not be Panthers. It could be anybody. I th- I think he doesn't want to necessarily go to a team and have to rebuild it. Be that, fun I, games ends up with CJ Stroud in Indianapolis. I, I, I genuinely, I think I think if there is a team, it might be Indianapolis because one, he played for the Colts. Two, I mean Indianapolis is starting to look like a franchise in decline, but they do have fairly good owners, fairly good general managers. Honestly, they're really just a quarterback away. They have pieces. They're a quarterback away like, and a head coach away with proper coaching. Yeah, their defense is solid for the most part when coached correctly, and they have pieces on the offensive side of the ball with Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, and they have an offensive line. They just need a quarterback, and I think Stroud can be that guy. We're going to speak it into, into existence. Jim Harbaugh will be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and his first draft pick will be C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. That's going to be hilarious. So then who, who does Michigan replace Jim Harbaugh with? That's the exactly. that, that is a good question. But, you know, look at all these big swings. And this may okay. be the craziest idea that I may ever throw out there. But, like, look at what happened last year with USC getting Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma. No one thought that was going to be a, a chance, you know. Like, look at all the big-time co- college coaches who are leaving their programs for another program. All right, you... we're gonna go get Nick. We're gonna get Nick Saban. I'm yeah. No, nah, you ain't yeah, getting Ryan Nick Saban. Day is going to make... Not Ryan Day, but maybe another guy. And his name is Urban Meyer. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. No, but You're genuinely, not. who who do you replace him with? I I personally, first person. I don't know. First person that comes to my mind that would probably be a candidate who 
would probably be willing to take this job, but is content where he is now at the same time would be Matt Campbell. I think Matt Campbell would probably be a candidate for the job. I think. Honestly, I don't think they need to do a whole head coaching search. I think they should just hire from within and hire Jesse and enter. I mean, he's been a yeah. coordinator all season. That's fair. And, but and he had a terrible game against TCU. His defense played awful. Um, but that that game, that game being a shootout was, you know, surprising to me. Thing is, I thought it was going to be a defensive game, but that's here or there. No, I think Jesse Minner would be good. Um, he was, you know, a, a candidate for assistant coach of the year, and he's been f- phenomenal with this Michigan defense, just dominant, just other than one game. I think he could be a candidate. Maybe Mike Hart, but I, I don't. Michigan's always about the know. Michigan I just, guy. I, I just, I don't, I just don't think Harbaugh leaves. And if he leaves, I'd be really surprised because he'd be leaving you know, the top five team next year in order to go to Indianapolis or an NFL head coaching job to where you don't know where they're going to be. But I do think he wants to go to the NFL. And he will go to the NFL, whether that's this year or next year. But I just, I don't, I don't think it's this year. Well, we'll see for sure. But if he does we'll leave, if he does end up leaving Michigan, I, I think some guys that would be candidates would not just be from Michigan. There will be Michigan coaches that will get a chance. Um, but I think Look some at guys. Jason Candle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, please. Please do it. That would be amazing. Please hire Jason Candle. That would be hilarious. Oh my god. But I the think I think a guy have... like I think some non Michigan guys who would probably get some consideration would be a guy like Matt Campbell, Dave Aranda from Baylor. Um, maybe some guys like uh uh, uh what's his name from uh Kentucky. I forgot. Bob yep, Bob Stoops might be a possibility. What if you come? What if you swing for a guy who you were supposed to get one time and you didn't end up getting him? <laughs> Less miles. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But I remember that a long time ago when they had it. Oh, Les Miles is going to Michigan on College Game Day, and then it never happened. So, like it was, bra- it was breaking news. Like, oh, Les Miles is going to Michigan. He's going to be the head coach. All this, yeah, never happened. But, um. It is pretty intriguing to see if Harbaugh does go who they would replace him with. Brian Hartline. The whole game, the whole game that he plays with, toying with the Michigan Wolverines and toying with their fans and saying, I don't know if I'm going to go back to the NFL or not. It's, it's just, I'm done with it. It just it happens every single year. Either go or, or stay. Like, either stay at Michigan or leave. You either want to be a college coach or you don't. I don't necessarily think like, he does. It just seems like Harbaugh wants the attention from everybody. Just you know, hey, you know, I want to see what I'm gonna do and all this stuff. That's true. I don't personally get it, but you know, I don't get it either. You know, you you got a great gig at Michigan. They would never fire you. You got the fan base 100% behind you. You basically you basically the mayor of Ann Arbor, pretty much. Um, I I don't get why you'd want to leave a perfect situation in that, but. You know, money talks. Yeah, it definitely does talk. Um, but yeah, 
Michigan, TCU, that game, that was something. J.J. McCarthy's press conference made me a little mad, not going to lie. Such a child. Going out saying, I promise we'll be back. He said that last year, dude. I know. And then and then before the before the game, he already assumed that we won because he said, we'll see Georgia again. And I was like, you haven't even faced TCU yet. <laughs> oh, like, man. Oh, like he, oh, my gosh. Oh, this is hilarious. I just saw this on Twitter. And I like J.J. McCarthy. I do. He's not that bad of a quarterback. But he talks too but much. But my goodness. Yes. He does talk too much. He, he, he doesn't back it up. No. No, it's hilarious, talk, though. Just, just like his head coach two years ago. <laughs> right? Exactly. Now we can't make those jokes anymore. Yeah, we can't make those jokes. But J.J. No, but, but JJ McCarthy, McCarthy came out and, and said all this stuff, but, like, own up to it. Like, answer the question. Yeah. Like, leave I loved right how the, at the beginning of a press conference because you lost. And the one thing that made me the most mad, I swear, did you know J.J. McCarthy's family was at the game? Hey, look, let's pan over to them for the fifth time in this quarter. Like, they, the ESPN wanted Michigan to win. They had all these graphics about Michigan and all this stuff. They gave no airtime to CCU. And look what happened. Yeah, it's because you're now going to only have maybe like 200,000 people watch this game on Monday night. I'm, I'm no, not going to watch the national champ. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll probably still watch it. But you know, if you had Ohio State versus TCU or Michigan versus Georgia, if you had one of these Big Ten teams in there, if you had Michigan versus Ohio State, I mean, the ratings would be through the roof. If Michigan now, Ohio State was the national title game, that would have been the most watched national championship game in history, besides probably that Texas know. USC game. Yeah. And I'm a Michigan fan, and I wouldn't, I would not have cared where the national title would have went because I would have been like, it's coming to the Big Ten regardless. Yes, yeah. and that's another thing. The Big Ten, man, like I'm an Ohio State fan through and through, but I'm also a Big Ten fan. Like yes. I love the Big, Ten. I love all the teams in the Big Ten. But man, like having two teams make the playoffs and neither make the title game. Like, that is, I mean, it looks bad. And, like, SEC Network is coming out and, like, clowning the Big Ten and Ohio State and all this stuff. And, like, it's just, like, SEC, SEC, SEC all the time. That's why TCU needs to win this. TCU. I hope Max goes out and just throws for 400 yards against Georgia. Too bad TCU has no shot to beat the Georgia Bulldogs, they're going to repeat. Yeah. They're going to be the first repeat since Georgia I think Saban did it about a decade ago. Georgia's easily winning this game. You know, it's hilarious. I used to have a TCU hoodie that I used to wear for years. It was like my favorite hoodie. I don't know where it is anymore. I think I outgrew it, but got the nice horny toad on the front of it. You need to find <laughs> it to wear it to the best of your ability. Oh, I, I got to find it. I might, <laughs> I'm going to be so mad if it's not, if, it, if I don't have it no more, but Man, I want to rep that. You know what? We're going to have to buy a TCU hoodie while we're talking right now. Hopefully it comes before the championship. I'll buy a hoodie for them. I'll buy a... I'll buy a, a, I'll buy a championship shirt if they win. I'll buy a hypno-toed hoodie. Because those things are actually dope. Yes. But, man. The dogs and the frogs. <laughs> Max Dugan definitely has that frog in him. 
I didn't even realize this, but if TCU actually ends up winning, this will be the fourth time that a first-year head coach has actually won a national title. That's crazy. I just don't want to see Georgia repeat. And I really, Me neither. really do not like Stetson Bennett. <laughs> oh, you mean first overall draft pick Stetson Bennett? Oh, yeah, stop. he's going to be a free agent. There's, he's he's going to be he's going to be working at a realtor firm in about a month. Exactly. No, nah, honestly, be doing, let's be, be real. Let's be real. We give a lot of hate on Stetson Bennett, but he is nothing special whatsoever. He gets the job done. But he does. He, he wins. He wins. And he had a great game against Ohio State. Like, I I don't get it, but he, he he's great. He is... He's arguably one of the best game managers in college football of all time. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, he just wins. Makes no sense. George, he's going to win a second national title with Georgia. Yeah, yes, it's it's insane. It's going to happen. We can pretty much already write it home. There's no point to watch this pretty game much Monday. Bulldogs back to back. It's not, crazy to me. Yeah, it's there's really no point to watch this on Monday because we just know who's going to win. Yeah. Um, but it will still be pretty exciting one. I still think, regardless. <sighs> so it's uh ne- not next year, but the year after that. It goes to twelve, right? Uh yes, next year I think is the, the last, last year. Next year is the last year. The fourteen. Yep. This playoff to me proved that once it goes to twelve, that you can see upsets. Yeah. Yep. I mean, look at Tulane. Tulane went out and beat the Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> exactly. The Green Wave. <laughs> exactly. I mean. I, I will say TCU over Michigan probably seems to be the most surprising win in the playoff history. Yeah. Besides Ohio State over Alabama the first year. I don't think a lot of the people genuinely expected us to win that game. Everyone was having the conversations of, oh, Alabama's going to win this. I already said it when the season before the season ever started. There's no reason to play this game. They're going to win. I remember that guy. forgot who it was. Yep. I remember uh, that guy on some network. <laughs> was our last natty. <laughs> hey, at least we can say we won the very first ever playoff system. Yeah, we did, and we did win the very first one. Man, that is so long ago. <laughs> it really is. It really is, but hey, it's always next year. <laughs> always next year. Always next year. With Brown, Heisman campaign. Maybe even Kyle McCord, you never know. Or we could have that Lincoln Keenholz guy come in as a freshman. Uh, how about T.J. campaign? Who the Auburn? Oh, okay. oh, T.J. Finley, who visited Ohio State yesterday. Jeez. No. If T.J. Finley starts for Ohio State next season, I might not watch a game. <laughs> Get ready for a six and six year. <laughs> we would if do we have Purdue on our schedule next year? If that's the case, we would. We do. Oh, we're gonna lose we that do. game. In at Purdue as well. Oh yikes! Not not looking we played good. At Purdue. We play at Purdue versus Penn State at Wisconsin. That was oh. That's great. So we get to play at Purdue now, to be fair. Purdue is a mess right now. They they, they just got obliterated in their bowl, in their bowl game. 63-7. Ooh. And they are losing better half of about all their good players. 
Uh, Penn State, I think, is going to be – I think they're going to be really good next year. Drew Aller, and they, and then they have their freshman running back coming back with Nick Singleton. Um, this Penn State team is going to be scary. I actually have a bold the prediction. The same division as Michigan and Ohio State. Here's an early bold prediction from this person right here named Logan about next year. The winner of the Big Ten Conference next year will neither be a team by the name of Michigan or Ohio State. You think Penn State wins the Big Ten? If Drew Aller, who I think will be their starter next year, the way that Penn State looks to me and what they can be next year, I think Penn State might do it. You think Penn State's going to go on the road and beat the Buckeyes? They can. It's Ohio State, Penn State. That's the team that plays us probably the toughest besides Michigan every year, regardless. Well, it is. The Michigan Penn State game is at Penn State next year. Yes, I saw. And and it could also be a team from the western from the western side, you know. Luke Fickle in his the first year in Wisconsin. Rutgers? Yeah. Uh, it's gonna uh, we're gonna we're really gonna watch a Rutgers Northwestern. Big Ten Championship game next year. Oh, my God. I'd love it. And I'm here for it. You know what? I want, I want to end the epi- this episode real Seven quick. and five Rutgers versus six and six Northwestern. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I want to end this episode with some good news i just seen. So, about an hour ago, uh, Joe Woods, my defensive coordinator, walked out of his final podium press conference of the season, and the last words he said was, hopefully I get to talk to you guys again. Oh, that just brings me a sigh of relief because I just know he knows that he's gone. Oh, that feels so good. That feels so good. Now I can go get Brian Flores to be my defensive coordinator. Imagine your team still not being in playoff contention. Hey, man, you won't be after, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield lets you down. (laughs) Hey, hey. Come on, Baker. You need to bake. No, you that's, bake up a W in Seattle this weekend. It's hilarious how you were mad that Baker Mayfield was winning games, but now you need Let because of Baker your draft bake. pick. But now you need him to win for your playoff hopes to even exist. Let, let Baker bake. Don't let him get hot. <laughs> Baker, Baker, touchdown maker. That's right. Absolutely. Please. That's so, yeah, right. I think. Let's yeah. business at Green Bay. I've never wanted the Rams to win more than now. <laughs> hey, man. That's all right. I think this is a good spot to end this episode. I think next episode we will talk a lot more about NFL games. We'll record that probably Saturday night. Um, Talk NFL next episode. Make our final week picks. Um, You know, discuss the national championship between Georgia and TCU in a more – uh, more, uh, you know, good way to discuss it. Pick that game as well. And, uh, yeah, again, pray for DeMar Hamlin, his family. Uh, he is making great strides in his recovery. Um, and just to reiterate that the link to his uh, charity donation will be, uh, his GoFundMe will be in the description of this episode. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Ball and Beats podcast. Listen to us on Spotify. Spread it everywhere. Spread it all. And peace.
Det er